Thank you, Lord, for people like Brother Richard that came and hooked a generator up for us, Lord. Father, you do so many great things, and sometimes we just forget, Lord, and we take for granted the things that you do for us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you sent Jesus. Lord, that you saw that we couldn't, couldn't reach you, Lord, without going through all these rituals and having all these sacrifices, and you said, that's not enough. And you sent your son, Lord, to die on the cross for us. Lord, that we could have victory in this world. Lord, that we can have peace and happiness through Jesus. And I just thank you for that, Lord. Father God, I pray for my friend, Lord, right now that is, is going through some of the same battles that I've been through, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would just show him, Lord, that, that there is victory in Jesus. God, that you bring people through things as long as they focus their lives on you. And I pray that for him this morning, Lord. I pray that he sees you, Lord, and that he reaches out, Lord, in, in the midst of the storm, and that you grab him by his hand and that you pull him out. And Father, I pray that you would use me in any way that you can, Lord, to encourage him and to keep him faithful to you. Be with his family. Just help them to reach out to him, Lord, and just to show him that they love him. I thank you, Lord, for my wife, Lord, and how she has been for me. I thank you for our pastor, Lord, and I pray right now, Lord, as he comes and speaks this morning, that you would anoint him, Lord, that you would speak through him, Lord. Every time I do a devotion, Lord, it speaks of revival. But I know revival is something that can happen. And I believe it, Lord. And I pray that you would start, Lord, with me. Revive me, Lord. Revive our church. Revive our nation. And help us to be a light, Lord. I pray that you would use us. Use this time for your honor and glory, Lord. In Christ's name. Good morning, folks. I want to invite you to take your Bible with me this morning and turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. I tell you, sitting the whole week in the house with nowhere to go, nothing to do, <laughs> I had a bunch of different things I would have liked to preach. I got a lot of sermons to catch up with. But I've prayed, and I think God's led me to where we're going to look today. And I want to talk to us this morning about what it takes to be spiritually successful as a Christian. I know spiritual success is, could scare somebody, that word. We're not here to be successful. We're here to be faithful, <laughs> and that is true. But if you're faithful to God, it's going to produce success in your life. You're going to be spiritually successful. What I mean when I say spiritual success is your life's going to be fruitful and productive as a Christian. There's going to be stuff that comes out of your life that brings glory to God and blesses people around you, and it brings success and you know, this week, I've learned that I take a lot of things for granted. I learned that the toilet don't always flush when you pull the lever. The light don't always come on when you flick the switch. I learned that heat is not always just there when you wake up. And we live in an age of modern convenience. We live in an age when everything is relatively easy. Compared to 100 years ago, just to survive... It's more hectic than ever, but in physically, it's easier than ever. You know, less than 100 years ago, there's people in this room that can remember when there was no indoor plumbing, when you had to go to the outhouse. And today, it's the end of the world because the it can't flush. But you know what I found out? That there's some people <laughs> who got diligent in their pursuit be able to flush the toilet to the point Jonathan filled his tub up with snow so he could melt it 
and flesh is common. What are you talking about, preacher? Just as physically we've become adapted to everything being real easy, I think spiritually we've got to a point where we think everything is just easy. That if you want to be spiritually successful, just get saved. (laughs) But you can be saved, my friend, and if you ain't diligently pursuing God, you're not going to be spiritually successful. I found out it takes a lot to make it in this old world when your electricity turns out. And I'm speaking this as looking at y'all because God blessed me and Diane. Our electricity never went out one time and our water never quit one time. But we did suffer. My back of my shed fell in, so I'm in there with you. But I want to talk to us this morning about what does God say it takes to be a spiritually successful, a fruitful, productive Christian. And I want you to look with me in a verse this morning. It comes from Hebrews, and I'm going to tell you, without diligent pursuit, you'll never be spiritually successful. Your life will never produce fruit, and it will never, ever be what God is able to make it be. And the Bible says right here, if you look, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. If you look, I have with all your heart in bold. Guys, you know why a lot of people don't find much of God in their walk with God? Because you're not really diligently pursuing God with all of your heart. If you're going to see God in the everyday things of life, I loved how I got to looking at all the Facebook. There's some of people who truly seen God in all of this. And there's other people that only seen woe is me. (laughs) If God can be In the middle of this, he's in the middle of everything if you're willing to diligently pursue him with all your heart. You'll find God everywhere in life. Because God never leaves us. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I promise I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. Why is it so many times we have trouble finding God? So I want us to look at this one verse. And it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. And I'll put it on the screen for those of you who don't. See, we got to diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God. Now, he's talking about a saved person here. He's talking about a person who's already come to the Lord. You're already saved. And when you look in the context of this passage of Scripture, it's speaking to people who are saved, who've come to the Lord, who have faith. But guys, the faith that we have Without this kind of faith that I'm fixing to show you, it's not going to be faith that pleases God. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, but not just believe that he is who he says he is, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That word diligently just came out to me this week because I found out for some of you, unless you diligently pursued it, You didn't find a way to flush your tongue. (laughs) Unless you diligently made preparations and made effort, earnest effort, you did without electricity. But for those of us who earnestly made an effort to be prepared, you had means to make it with the things you need and you reward it with the blessings of that effort. Guys, you may not believe this, but God rewards the person who is diligent in his pursuit of the things that only he can reward you with. And you say, well, I'm saved. Well, just sit around. Don't pray. Don't get in the word. 
Don't spend time with God. Don't make an effort to seek and pursue diligently the things that God wants to give you and see how much you get compared to the Christian who's seeking him with all his heart, who's making effort to earnestly find God. And friends, if you don't have God in your life today, it's not God's fault. He desires not only to be in your life, but to richly reward you with all the things that he wants to give to you, to bless you with. But we have settled for just the bare necessities when God's able to reward us with such an abundance. It's beyond our ability to comprehend. And guys, you know, as we look at this verse, I want you to think about this. He says, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, which means those who diligently seek him have more access to the gains that God only can give you and reward you with than those who don't. And so I want you to look at this word diligent for a minute with me. Um, to be diligent, it means to give an earnest effort. It portrays the idea of being hardworking, constant, busy, and persistent in your devotion to do what you're doing. And I'm going to be honest, in my life, that doesn't reflect my attitude toward God all the time like it should. And as a pastor and a shepherd over a flock of God's people for three churches, 20-some years, I've watched that it very rarely reflects the attitude and effort of most of God's children. We are like the lazy American. We want the comforts of modern convenience. May I tell you that God doesn't work in the express lane? That God doesn't have a fast food drive-through? That if you want the things of God, you got to have patience and endurance. you got to have a desire to seek for it, to earnestly want it enough to diligently pursue it, or you'll do without the majority of the greatest treasures of what God has to offer. Lazy Christians will never have what the diligent Christians who pursue the things of God. And I ask you this morning, do you give an earnest effort? Does the faith that you have, because he says the faith that pleases God is a faith that believes God is so awesome, he's so unbelievably able to reward your life that you diligently seek him. That's the kind of faith that pleases God, not a faith that just gets up and goes to church. Well, I go to church every Sunday. You ought to. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> but the kind of faith that pleases God is a faith that says, Lord, I want you. I want you in my life. I want to see your glory. I want to experience your power. I want your presence to be my comfort. I want your promises that you fulfill to build my hope. I want my life to be built upon who you are and what you can do. And Lord, I'm seeking you. I'm pursuing you. I'm diligently after you, Lord. With all my heart, I'm seeking you. I promise you that Christian will find him. Whatever your need is, he will provide it. Because this is how a lot of us are. We flip a switch. God, I did my little devotion this morning. I did my 15 minutes. I went to church this morning. I said my prayer over the meal this morning. But God, why ain't I being rewarded with everything some other people seem to be rewarded with? Friends, you know what? This week, if you just sat in the house and you didn't do nothing, some of us would have froze. 
Some of us realize that life isn't always as easy as we've grown accustomed to it being. And guys, I want you to think about this this morning. Not only does he say to be diligent, but the Bible is over, over tells us to pursue God, to pursue what is good. And I'm going to give you a bunch of verses on this. See, you got to be diligent in your pursuit of God. You're not accidentally going to find God, and you're not accidentally going to receive all the blessings that God wants to reward you with. You got to diligently seek them. You got to make it a priority. And look at what he says right here. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue, I emphasize, always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for everybody else. That's what it says. And guys, you're not accidentally going to find what is good for you if you're not pursuing it. (laughs) And the Bible didn't say pursue it on Sunday. It didn't say pursue it when you're in need. It says always pursue what is good. And my Bible tells me that all good things come from above, from my heavenly Father. So the source of anything good in my life worth having comes from the Lord above, who is richly able to reward me. And you know what I've come to find? The more I reward him with a faith that pleases him, a faith that says, Lord, you're so awesome. I believe you are who you say you are. And I believe you're worth giving up time to diligently pursue you. He rewards you. And friends, listen to this. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and for all. Look at what else he says about pursuit. Pursuit, this is me. To pursue means to passionately focus one's undistracted effort toward a goal. Now, if we're honest, do we passionately focus with undistracted effort toward the goal of pleasing God with faith because, Lord, we believe you are and that you're the only one who can give me this. And so, Lord, I'm diligently pursuing you. I'm seeking you. I'm looking to you. You're the only one that can fix this in my life. You're the only one that can satisfy this in my life. You're the only one that can make life what it was made to be. You're the source of life. You're the one who makes life worth living. So, Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm seeking you. I'm pursuing you with all my heart. Guys, very few people, if we're honest, do that. Then we say, God ain't doing what he said he would do. Why am I not a successful Christian? Why am I not fruitful and productive as a child of God? Why is my life not spiritually mature? Why is my life not filled with the abundant life of Christ if I'm saved? Because it's more than just being saved. Faith is a life experiment. It's a life experience, I mean, with God to where you're in a relationship with him and you depend on him. I want you to think about this. Look at what it says about pursue. Paul, when he wrote a letter to a young pastor who he was mentoring, who was someone he was discipling named Timothy, a young preacher, he wrote him two letters in the pastoral epistles. And at the end of 1 Timothy, he warns him about the danger of the love of money. He says the The love of money is the root of all evils, and some have departed from the faith. He says, having seeking it, that's what they're seeking. Instead of pursuing the things that only God can provide, the love of money will make you seek the things that only money can provide. And that's exactly what the verse above that is saying. He says, but you, O man of God, don't, don't diligently pursue your life with the things that money can buy. 
He says, you, O man of God, flee these things. And you know what I was reading that? If you go read it in context, I ain't got time to preach that today, but go get in that verse right there and look above it what it warns you about the dangers of riches and seeking what they can give you. Do you know that if we gave as much effort diligently pursuing the only things that God can reward you with compared to the things we pursue that money rewards you with, we'd all be spiritually mature, amen? We'd be way more spiritually successful than we are. But listen to what he says. He says, pursue righteousness. Guys, if you want righteousness to be a practical reality in your life, you got to pursue it. you got to seek to be righteous. Godliness. How many of you want godliness in your life? Faith, love, patience, gentleness. These wonderful things that would exemplify and characterize a successful Christian. Who doesn't want that in their life if Jesus is in your heart? But it doesn't happen by accident. It's never going to be a reality in your life by chance. You have to purposefully, earnestly, with effort, diligently pursue it. Can I get an amen? And God's more than willing to the person who believes in him that much to reward him with it. All this stuff. Look at this one, 2 Timothy. The first letter, the second letter in the beginning, he tells him the same thing. Timothy, Flee all your youthful lust. Remember all the things that we chased when we were young and dumb and full of lust that you found out didn't provide what you thought it would? Man, when I was young, I thought drugs was going to pay the answer. Relationships would find satisfaction. You know what? He says, flee all those things you used to lust for, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Now, I just want to look at one of those right now, peace. Who in their right mind doesn't want peace in their life? If there's something that I could pray for, you know, we've been told, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I want to ask you to pray for the peace of America. I, I'm to the point, I almost believe the greatest thing that could happen in America is if we could have peace again. The kind of peace where we're at peace with God and one another in life is not so unrestful and so harsh and so difficult as it seems. But guys, if you're going to have peace, the Bible says it doesn't just happen because you got saved. You got to pursue peace. I want you to look at this next verse. See, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. That's the Old Testament, the book of Psalms. The New Testament, Peter comes along and Peter does what every good preacher does. He just got his text from the Old Testament and told it again. And that's what preachers do. You just repeat what the Bible already says until someone gets a hold of it enough to believe it and put it into action in their life. But look what Peter said. Let him turn away from evil and do good and let him seek peace and pursue it. I want you to look at this. There's two things to being right with God and being successful. Number one is, yeah, you got to depart from evil. But guys, we spend all our effort trying to depart from evil, trying to turn away from evil. But guys, turn away from evil will never make you a spiritually successful Christian unless you turn to God. And the good, this is going to be terrible English, but the goodest thing you'll ever turn to is God. So you turn away from that which is evil, Peter says. The, the psalmist says, depart from evil. But it says, do good. Do good. It doesn't say, hope for good, pray. It says, you do good. 
Now, guys, listen to this. We got to do more than just try to not sin. We got to do our part to do what the Bible says to do. To do righteousness. To do godliness. To live a life of faith. And friends, listen. You got to seek peace and pursue it, the Bible says right there. There's a lot of people you have no peace in your life. Your life is full of turmoil. Your life is unsettled. Your life every day is just an endurance test to get through all the things that is robbing you of the joy of living. And you just keep wondering what's wrong. Well, if you don't do something different, if you don't try to turn away from that, which may have helped cause that, and turn to him who can help that, it's going to stay that way. Do you really think America's ever going to change if we don't begin to pursue peace? To seek it? With one another, too. Because listen to what he says. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace. So, guys, if we're going to have peace in our life, you got to do more than just say a prayer about it every once in a while. you got to just do more than hope for it. you got to pursue the things that can make for peace in your life. Well, guess what makes for peace? If you want to have peace with your neighbor, you got to be peaceful. Can I get an amen? You can't run around disturbing the peace and expect everybody to treat you with peace. Might ought to preach this in Washington. Friends, if you want a neighbor to treat you neighborly, then you got to treat him neighborly. So the first thing you want to do to pursue the things that bring peace is to do the things that promote peace. Because we also are charged right there to pursue the things that edify one another, that build one another up. If I want to be a blessing in your life and I want to edify you and I want to build you up spiritually, the first thing I got to do is be at peace with you. If I do things that disturb you, if I do things that hurt your feelings, if I don't care about you enough to be at peace with you, I'll never build you up and edify you. So peace is very important. (laughs) And we want it to be there. Who wants to be not at peace with your neighbor? You ever had a disturbance with a neighbor? You know what I find? As long as you just sit and think about it, nothing changes till one of them is man enough, Jesus enough to go over there and say, hey, I hate what happened between us. But I think we need to bury the hatchet. And I'm sorry. I ask you to forgive me. And I'm willing to forgive you. That's pursuing something amen that's doing something you see we got to do more than just sit over there and pray for him he needs to get right god he needs to come over here and tell me he's sorry no you need to get off your sorry and go over there and tell him we need to get over this that's how god operates you know what god does a person like that he rewards that person he blesses that person friends i want you to look at this one pursue peace with all people (laughs) Not just the people you like, not just the people that agree with you. Pursue it with everybody. Look at what Paul says in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. So what he's saying right there is if it's at all possible, as much as it's dependent on you, you need to be at peace with all men. I like how that's Romans 12, 18. I like how the New Living Translation says it. Do all you can to live in peace with everyone. So you see, guys, it takes diligent effort to have the reward of peace with your fellow men and with God. Because guess what the Bible says? 
If you ain't right with your brother, Jesus says you ain't right with me. If you don't forgive your fellow neighbor, neither am I going to forgive you. So when we are not right with each other, it's not going to go away unless we give diligent pursuit and make an earnest effort to acquire the things that God will bless us with and reward us to bring peace. And guys, anybody here who's been married 30 years, I have, knows that sometimes you've got to make an effort to have peace in the house. How many of you realize after this week, Diane's told me, I'm glad it's thawing out. You need to go fishing. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. <laughs> How many of you are ready for your husband to go do what he usually does? Tell the truth, ladies. You can be spiritual. But guys, I want you to think about this. It takes effort to get things in life that makes life successful. I don't know about y'all, but yesterday, we've been out of milk for too long. We've been out of bread. We've been out of a lot of things. And we, was still, we ain't went hungry, praise God. I'm not saying I'm complaining. But I started like, you ever notice you can have a gallon of milk and five boxes of cereal and you'll open the pantry and it doesn't appeal to you? But when you're down to just a trickle of milk, you just want every box of cereal in there. You just, I mean, I, 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 I finished our milk off with nowhere near enough milk for the cereal, just enough to, to, to just moisten it a little. And, I, and it, I was eating my chocolate frosted flakes. And I just said, I, I need milk. And so yesterday I told Diane, I said, I'm going to find some milk. I'm all right with no bread. She says, well, we're out of coffee. And we, all, we being from South Louisiana, we, there's only one coffee, and it ain't Folgers. It ain't Maxwell House. It's, it, it's community. And if it ain't got chicory in it, it don't satisfy. It don't make life worth living in the morning. And she said, we're almost out. So, man, I went to, the, I heard someone told me they got milk at the Dollar General. I went to every Dollar General from here to Mansfield Road. None of them had it. None of them had my coffee. I went to Walmart. They had a line. They was letting people wait outside. I asked them at the line, did they say if they got milk? No, they ain't got milk. Oh, so I left there. I went to the brothers, um, Barnes, Brookshire's, y'all know I don't do the shopping. They didn't have it. None of them had gas. So finally, Kroger's parking lot was full. I said, they got something in Kroger's. So I go up in Kroger's. Man, I go up in there. First thing I found was community coffee with chicory. Hey, man, they had five packs. I put them all in the buggy, and then I got under conviction. I put two back. Because they might be somebody else like us. Man, I went and looked. There wasn't no bread, but I turned the corner, and guess what I found? A whole freezer full of DiGiorno pizzas. I filled them up. Man, I went to look, and I couldn't find no bottled water. But man, I'm going to tell you what, I got to the milk, and it was empty except for one little spot. And I said, well, that says whole milk, but it says organic whole milk. Well, it's whole milk, it's organic. I wonder why they ain't buying it. And when I seen the price, I knew why. $5 for a half a gallon of organic milk. I throwed it in the buggy. Man, I called Diane to tell her, look, I done made it all the way to Kroger's. Is there anything else you want? Kroger's, I didn't know you was going to Kroger's. That's why I buy my fresh cut flowers. I'm like, I ain't here to buy flowers. I'm in line, I'm getting under conviction. I'm looking at all the fresh cut flowers. I mean, they was, I've never seen that many fresh cut flowers because ain't nobody buying fresh cut flowers right now. They want bread, they want milk, they want coffee. So I went over there and I pulled out two big old bouquets and put them in the buggy. Man, I'm in my line. I want to show you what, this is diligent pursuit. You see that line? That's the express line. Do you see how long it is? 
I almost left my buggy and went and got in the truck. That's the 15 or less. I'm halfway down the baker's aisle. It took me 38 minutes to get to the part where I took my stuff out of my buggy and put it on the conveyor. Now, in normal circumstances, I'd have left the buggy. I went and got in my truck and said, man, this is over. But, you know, it's not normal circumstances. So I was diligent in my pursuit to find groceries. Man, I got in my truck and I was on the way home. I'm looking at them flowers for Diane and all that coffee and them pizzas. I'm like, victory is mine. Woo, victory is mine. Man, I'm going to tell you what. Diligent pursuit pays off. It'll find you what you want. But guys, listen, Jonathan, that cracks me up. They didn't have no way to bathe. They said, y'all have water? Could we please bathe? Hey, when God's blessed you with electricity and water, you're not going to tell somebody who he is taking their water. No. (laughs) Yeah, come on over. So they come over, they bathe. We're filling up every jug we can find. Jonathan sends me this picture. I'm cracking up. When you got three kids, you'll find a way to flush the toilet. (laughs) Diligent pursuit. Guys, you know what? You may not realize it, but spiritually, we ain't in normal times. We're in difficult times. We're in dire, straight times. We're in, we need revival or it's the end for the church time. We're in, if America don't have spiritual awakening, America is doomed to fail time. And we sit around flipping switches, wondering why God don't show up. Pushing little levers, wondering why the toilet won't flush. Saying a little prayer about four minutes long, wondering why God ain't sending all this stuff. If you want spiritual awakening that can change America and make it great again, it's going to take a diligent pursuit. If you want revival in the church and in your home that can change your family and make it spiritually successful, it's going to take diligent pursuit, my friend. It ain't going to happen sitting in a pew Applauding the preacher, agreeing. It's going to take getting disrupted to the point, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm seeking you with all my heart. I'm earnestly after you. Like a fat preacher wanting a pizza in a snowstorm, I'm willing to drive, I'm willing to stand in line, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get my coffee. Because in the morning, it was all worth it when I sat here this morning drinking my Coffee and watching Diane look at her beautiful flowers. Friend, life was good this morning. And friends, you know what I find when I diligently pursue God? He rewards me with all the things that make life spiritually worth living for. Joy, peace, satisfaction, all the spiritual fruit that he can give you. Man, I'm telling you, you won't get it just being a casual Christian. You won't experience this just by being a church member. you got to seek the Lord with all your heart. He says that the Lord, the kind of faith that pleases him is a faith that doesn't only believe he is, but believe that he is the type of God that will reward those if you'll diligently seek him. Do you believe that this morning? Well, if you do, are you going to do more than you did last week? Are you going to quit just waiting on everybody else to fix it? Or will you take matters into your own hands? I want to show you something. Diligent pursuit is a requirement if you want to be a spiritually successful Christian. There's no way that we're going to see 
the church successful in accomplishing God's will and purpose unless we all become more diligent in our pursuit of him. I want you to think about this. You have to want spiritual success in order to get it. I had to want milk and coffee. Now, I ain't drank that organic milk yet. I don't know what I bought even. But I got a feeling when I pour it over my cereal, it's going to be worth that $4.99. Amen. <laughs> Friends, you know what? I don't know what it takes for your life to find the things that you need God to reward you with. It may take you to give an increase in your prayer time. You need to be a prayer warrior more than you. You may need to spend more time in the Word. You need to make, spend less time on the Internet. You may give up all your television time and start having family time with the Word of God. But I can promise you when it comes to spiritual blessings that make you spiritually successful, whatever you give up and whatever you take on will be worth it. Because spiritual success does not come easy. It takes hard work to achieve it. Grace to save you was free. Jesus did all the work. But the grace that changes you, you have to seek that grace. You have to believe in it. You have to have faith that it's there. But guys, the person who's diligently pursuing what God's grace can reward you with is the one who's going to find it. And I want you to look at this. For a true Christian to become a spiritual success, diligent pursuit of spiritual things is required. I want you to think about this with me. I know there's some people that would get that, that spiritual success theologically would trouble them. We ain't here to be successful. We're here to be faithful. I know the difference. I don't worry. I'm not up here preaching some false bunch of malarkey. If you're faithful, you're going to be successful. If you're going to be successful, you've got to be faithful. In anything in life, if you build a business, you're going to have to be diligently do things that makes that business prosper. If you've got a healthy family today, if you've got a healthy marriage, anybody here who's been married 30 years, it took effort. Can I get an amen? It takes a pursuit of the things that make that marriage healthy. The same way with a church. Same way with a home. But I want you to think about this. Too many Christians today are lazy which is why they never see spiritual success accomplished in their lives. Won't you listen to me? Too many of us today are lazy, which is why we never see spiritual success accomplished in our life. It may be a difficult truth for us to accept today, but ultimately we are responsible for our success or lack of success in being a spiritual Christian. We all possess the same promises from God the same faith, the same power, the same Holy Spirit, the same Jesus who sits at the right hand of God to make intercession for us all is available to everybody in this room if you're saved. God desires for all his children to be spiritually successful. In fact, he wants us to be successful more than we want to be successful. And he is no respecter of persons. He treats all of his children the same. What he does for one, he will do for all. Any one of us who's saved, who will diligently pursue him, he will reward us with the unbelievable treasures of all the spiritual riches of heaven. Can I get an amen? If you want them. The question today is, do we want them enough to do what it takes to get them? You see, the biggest factor that determines if we become spiritually successful is no longer God. 
You're like, what? That's a heretic. No. Listen to me. God has already done everything needed for his children to be spiritually successful. It's all done. When Jesus said it is finished on the cross, everything was done. God has provided an abundance of his grace is sufficient for any need we have. See, it's dependent on what you do now, not God. God wants you to be successful. He wants to reward you. He wants to make your life fruitful and productive. But you've got to make the effort to seek Him, to come to Him. I learned this week, if I just sit at home, I ain't going to get no pizza. If I just sit at home, I'm going to run out of coffee. If you just come to church and sit in the pew and that's all you do, you're going to run out of spiritual rewards, I'm here to tell you. They're going to not be the same as the person who's seeking God. And friends, I just want to ask us some questions this morning. You get judgment day honest with yourself. And we was the question number one, do you believe you are diligently pursuing the Lord in a way that will bring his reward of spiritual success into your life? Doing what you're doing right now with God. Do you think God is pleased with your faith? Is your faith to the point that you believe God is so awesome, he is such a God that he's worth diligently seeking for the things he's willing to reward you for it? Or are you just going to keep doing what you always do? Because I want you to think about this. God has done, already done everything needed for his children to be spiritually successful. The person who takes a lazy, do-nothing take it easy attitude towards his spiritual life will never be rewarded with the spiritual success that God has to offer. Let me read that to you again. The person who takes a lazy, do nothing, take it easy attitude toward the spiritual life will never be rewarded with the spiritual success that God has to offer. So if this is no, I'm not being diligent in my pursuit of God. What are the things keeping you from God's reward of spiritual success? It's not God. It ain't even the devil. The devil can hinder you, but he can't stop you. The only one that can keep us is us. It's my choice. It's your desire. What do you want? So if you say no, and I think if you're where I was, I said no a couple days ago. Lord, The spiritual life is not as easy as I thought. You don't have a fast lane. You don't have quick drive-through. To have your order delivered and made a reality in my life, I got to sit down. In fact, I got to kneel down. Sometimes I may even have to lay down at your presence and take time to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. Lord, would you come and help me where I fail? Would you come and strengthen me where I'm weak? Would you come and fix me where I'm broken? Because, Lord, without you, life is not what it's supposed to be. And, Lord, I want you today. I want what only you can give me today. And I don't want you just for the reward. I want it because it pleases you, my Bible says, when I have faith like this. It's what gives him glory. He doesn't just punch a robot, 
I'm going to make him spiritual. I'm going to leave him carnal. No, what brings God glory is when our free will chooses to desire his grace that he offers because we want it and we desire it enough to diligently pursue it. God says, that child loves me. He knows me and he understands me and he rewards him. Can I get an amen? So here's the invitation. Commit today to diligently pursue the things that God wants to reward you with in your life. It ain't hard to understand, but it'll take a complete surrender of your will to have it. I'm telling you, church, God's not through with America. He's not through with any church that's his. He's just waiting for us to get a desire to diligently pursue him more than everything else. And guys, he is available. Can I get an amen? And he will bless us. Today, I want to encourage you to to look at this. Answer truthfully. Are you diligently pursuing the things of God to where God is pleased and he's rewarding you? If not, what is the things in your life that need to be removed? What are the things in your life that need to be put there? Friends, we need to learn to pray. We need to learn to spend time in the Word and let God speak into our lives. We need to learn to hear His voice and let Him guide us as our shepherd. Friends, we need God. And friends, today, if you'll commit to diligently pursue Him and the things that only He can reward you for, He'll give them to you. There's somebody here today, you ain't saved. You've never been born again. God's stirring in your heart. Right now, the reality of if you left earth today, you're terrified because you don't know for sure you're going to go to heaven. That can change that fast. I don't know about y'all, but when I got born again, and when the Spirit of God moved in, fear moved out. Can I get an amen? When God showed up, assurance showed up. And I know today I'm saved. It ain't because I do good. It's because He's good. But I know that the things that happens in my life, good, are directly connected to my pursuit of Him And the more I diligently pursue him, the gooder life gets. Can I get an amen? If that bothers you, go to another church. (laughs) I'm playing. Y'all know I'm playing. I shouldn't have said that. Forgive me, Jesus. I'm going to pray. Here's an altar. An altar is where you pursue God diligently for his reward. An altar is where you mean business. An altar is where you say, Lord, today I'm making a commitment that I want you in my life. Today I'm inviting you, if you're not saved, you don't know what to do because you're not saved but if you want to know if you'll come up here i'm going to take time to just pray with you and i'll take the bible and i'll show you scripturally how to know you're saved and to be saved i'm going to ask you to be saved that's where it starts but for everybody in here who is saved how many of you wants to live saved and have all that god gives i don't know about y'all but god got us through this ice storm and he's going to get us through whatever comes ahead if we diligently pursue him With all our heart, it's smooth sailing ahead, brothers and sisters. Would you come if you need to come? This is your altar. God made it for you. He's waiting to hear from you if you need to. Would you pray with me as we stand? Father in heaven, I thank you for speaking into my heart this week, showing me how futile it is to try to do it on my own. Lord, I know there's others in my boat. If they had a wake-up call today, I pray you'll help them to commit to the things they need to commit to, Lord. That they might diligently pursue you and your reward. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name.
Amen. If you're not saved, come right now. Right now, and we'll make sure you leave here knowing that you know that He's your Lord. Are you hurting?